Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast. It's July 10th. I'm Kimberly Johnson in D.C. And sitting right next to me in Oakland, California, is the effervescent and intoxicating Steph Walton. Hey, Steph. Hey. <laughs> That's, I mean, if someone could ever just call me that on a daily basis, effervescent <laughs> and intoxicating, I think my whole life would change. But you are. You totally. Thanks. So are as, you, girl. Oh, I don't know if I'm effervescent, <laughs> but. Um. <laughs> you are intoxicating. <laughs> Oh, I guess I try. I don't know. Sometimes I just feel, you know what? Today's going to be a really tough show. It's just going to be tough. So um, it's going to be dark and it's going to be tough. And we're going to talk about rape and it's fucking awful. Excuse me. Um, So just brace yourself that, you know, you and listeners brace yourself. We're not going to sugarcoat anything. Uh, We're filled with rage and we're just going to talk about it. But before we do, of course, we have to tell you that Start Me Up is an independent podcast supported by listeners. So, you know, I just can't stop coughing today. Please check out some of our past shows and consider supporting us with any dollar amount. You visit patreon.com slash startmeup and you can become a patron. If you become a $5 patron, you'll have access to the End Another Thing segment where you and I, Steph and I, usually get into all kinds of interesting subjects from sex to pop culture to politics and occasionally we get pretty personal it's always something different and we hope that you'll support the show and um today on end another thing i have lined up that we're going to talk about men we've dated and maybe sometimes that we haven't been so nice since we're going to focus on asshole men on the free show and um and of course when our dates uh might have acted in an inappropriate way Oh, um, good Lord. <laughs> I have some don't, stories. Don't, don't ask my past dates how I may have uh, acted in an appropriate way. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I have some stories on that, too, and they're kind of cringeworthy. But I will share them because usually we're bagging on men. And you know what? Also, a huge big thank you to everybody who's a patron already. You make this podcast possible, and we're so grateful for you. And last, before we get into it, uh, on Monday, I had the extreme pleasure of interviewing actor-director Vincent Denard. That was one of my highlights of my life. He he's one of my favorite actors. It was a it was a long conversation, almost two hours, and he was really open. He was really friendly, and even if you're not an actor, the way that he described his craft and his creativity, it was fascinating. And last last uh, Wednesday, I spoke with the feminist next door, and oh my god, that was an incredibly popular show as usual. She's so freaking smart. We're going to talk a little bit about her tweets on this show. Um, People loved that show, so if you haven't heard it, check it out. All right, so here we go. It's we're going to walk into the darkness now. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, when have we stepped out into the light since um, November 9th, twenty sixteen? I don't know. Honestly, you know, I mean, that that's an overstatement. Of course, life there are still beautiful, bright spots. You know, we have our health, we have people that we love around us, we have friendship, we have, you know what I mean? We have our children. We've got. We have stuff, great stuff, but it's it's these are dark times, and yeah. they continue. The it darkness just keeps darker. It gets darker yeah. and darker and more disgusting. And, but please, I mean, I'm going to let you roll this out, and then I'll be ready to jump on that bandwagon. Don't you worry about a thing. Uh, well, of course, we're going to spend a decent amount of the show talking about the Epstein situation and. Mm. Um, how you know I will say this okay it's dark and it's 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 just terrifying but I hate to say this in order to end or at least diminish this rape culture um, I think it's going to take you know terrible truths 
and uncomfortable truths to pound us until mm-hmm. we're finally ready to change. And I don't think we're there yet. Um, and I have proof, but, and I'll get into that in a minute, but it's, it's, it's like, you know, th- for instance, there was a story and I, I wish I could remember this person's name and I never Google it in advance cause I don't know I'm going to bring her up. I think it was her name was Terry or Teresa or something like that. But back in the eighties, this woman was abused by her husband and, and, and Nancy McKeon actually played her in a made for television movie, but she, Joe from facts of life. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Joe from facts of life <laughs> and, uh, facts of life. And the deal was her husband was abusing her and she would call the cops and the cops were like, well, we can't do anything. He's your husband. If you were your boyfriend, we could do something, but we can't do anything because he's your husband. And he would just beat the shit out of her until finally one day she calls the cops and they show up and in front of the cops, the husband, I think he like puts his foot on her neck or he does something to her neck that like permanently, um, he didn't disable her, but he fucked her up bad. And so that became, you know, then they finally arrested him and that became such a high profile case that new laws against domestic violence were created. So mm-hmm. it took something so awful and violent and egregious to get some kind of justice. And I think in terms of the patriarchy, which is not just one incident, it's just this um, culture that we're immersed in, it's going to take something way more egregious than one violent event. And, you know, I mean, we've been building up to it because we've got, you know, we had Cosby and Woody Allen, although Woody Allen's not in jail. But, um, you know, we, we've had incidents where men have been exposed for what they've done after people have been defending them forever. And then, you know, okay, it seems like we're making some progress. So now this Epstein thing happening, I mean, this is going to be, this is egregious on in the fact that he raped so many young girls. But then there's also the fact that he's going to be given a deal to, you know, keep him out of jail or at least a lower sentence. He's going to go to jail. Right. But it'll be a lower sentence. A lower sentence. But he's going to have to name people. And this is where it's going to get ugly because he's going to name liberals and Democrats. And, you know, there's the there is the possibility that Bill Clinton has something to do with this because he's already come out and say that he hasn't uh, he had no idea of what was going on when he when he rode on Epstein's plane which was nicknamed the Lolita Express and he said so, that he so vile like yeah. it's in plain sight yeah i mean it's and, and it's like sight. but i i'm afraid i'm afraid that bill clinton's going to be guilty he's lied before i i i didn't inhale I didn't have sexual relations with that woman. I don't want to believe that he would do something like that, but I've got to be, we've all got to be prepared um, that this man will be named. I mean, no girls have come forward um, saying that this happened. So, you know, that's good. But who knows? New girls or women, I should say, are coming forward about when they were girls. So mm-hmm. but we all have to brace ourselves for, for what's about to pop because it's going to get ugly and it's going to be people maybe that we admire or right. that but I, but no more. No, I don't, I don't admire, um, child molester, rapists, um, uh, sexual assaulters and predators. No. And, and, and the people who are complicit with them. And I'm not going to defend those them. people no. and I don't defend them and I don't care who it is Bye. yeah, you're done and you belong in prison. Yeah. And anybody that thinks it's a good idea, especially, you know, you see pictures. I, I saw a picture of 
Acosta with um, his two daughters and his wife standing next to him as he was, you know, signing on to be a cabinet member, I guess, with Mike Pence. That's a creepy mofo, by the way. Standing behind him looking down. And I'm like, this is a man standing with his daughters and his wife who knowingly broke the law Mm -hmm. and and did not inform the victims of Jeffrey Epstein in the early 2000s, right? He he broke the law. And, and sentenced Epstein to a light, you know. Yeah. The dude was able to go to work during the day. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Twelve. I think it was 12 hours a day he was allowed um, to get out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it, this is, if this is, you know, it's a man's world, yeah. right? Like, sorry, women and girls, yeah. but you don't have any rights. Mm-hmm. Zero. None. No, and then, I mean, this kind, this is a different subject, but it kind of goes to the same story. I don't know if you happened to watch Rachel Maddow last night. Did you see it? Didn't. Oh, my God. Um, Rachel Maddow got some breaking news while she was on the air, and it had to do with some of these uh, immigrant children in the detention centers, and there was a story that came out about a 15-year-old girl who was, or I should say she was 15 at the time, and she talked about how she was treated by these white male guards who you know, of course, in front of other immigrants, group, you know, gr- a group of the other Im- immigrants, he he touched her breast, he, he made her take her shirt off, or he made her pull her shirt up or something, and he touched her breasts, he made her pull her pants down, and while he was, um, you know, f- giving her that, I don't remember what the term is, when you're, when you're looking for, um, you know, knives or what a pat down or whatever she said mm-hmm. that he groped her but it but the worst part about it and this is feminist next door brought this up um was that there was laughter he was laughing and his white male guard friends were laughing mm-hmm. and this was christine blasey ford one thousand percent yeah said that that she heard that laughter when when she when brett kavanaugh was trying to rape her and so that laughter almost worse than the actual assault because that's going to stay with you. You know what I mean? Like that, that laughter is like a mocking of like, you it's mean Im- nothing. It's indelible in the hippocampus yes. of the brain. Yes. Let's yes. not forget those words. Right. And we, you know, anytime think anytime you've ever been made fun of mm-hmm. it, any, regardless of whether it was around, I mean, God, forbid a sexual assault Mm -hmm. but think about how powerful that is as a child if you trip and fall in front of your entire class and you're trying to walk across the playground looking cool and people laugh at you you'll never forget those moments right i you know ever 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 i can i could bring up you know a handful right now from when i was a little kid all the way up you know you just you never forget those moments and to be laughed at while being sexually assaulted, I, I could see that as um, being life ruining yeah. for for people. I yeah. just like I'm just cringing. It's just I, so sad and it's so awful. And it's like I, um, Jessica Valente is also on a on a rampage in a role, and she said um, after years of writing about feminism. Uh, or actually, I, th- this was about the fact that Jeff- Jeffrey Epstein should just get caught and go to jail. And she goes, after years of writing about feminism, however, I know better. Epstein may go to jail, hopefully minus the sweetheart deal this time. But that won't stop the quiet defense of his behavior. 
Mm-hmm. And then she said, already we're seeing rumblings about how Epstein wasn't really a pedophile because his victims were post-pubescent, as if raping children isn't bad if they have developed breasts. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we did see this. Uh, she talked about how people defended what Roy Moore did because they were older teenage girls. And, you know, there, there was... Um, I don't know. There was some there was some man that was saying, oh, here it is. It's, it says um, Rutgers University biologist Robert Trivers, for example, whose research funded by Epstein defended the alleged pedophile in 2015, saying that girls mature now or earlier now than in decades past. By the time they're 14 or 15, they're like grown women who uh, like grown women were 60 years ago. I don't see these acts as heinous, he said. So these girls, you know, I mean, with the Epstein story, basically it's, you know, he preyed on a lot of either girls that wanted to be models or homeless girls. And he would get them up to his mansion and he had his little special room where he had a massage table and he would have them like pinch his nipples and they'd massage him and then he'd jerk off. And then this one, there's a new girl who came out today who was 15 at the time who said that he just like grabbed her and violently raped her, but then he would give her $300. So for these girls who are vulnerable, who, you know, they want to be models they want to be actresses they're starving yeah they're starving yeah they're on the streets mm-hmm. so here mm-hmm. here's an opportunity for them to have some food and to you know and to have a little bit of shelter for some time or something and and they're vulnerable and their minds are still maturing and growing their brains are still developing mm-hmm. and and you have this um heinous man who by the way i just want to add i hate saying this this makes me so uncomfortable to say it out loud but it makes me uncomfortable to feel it in some ways, Jeffrey Epstein looks like this man that I used to date. Mm. Not exactly, but they're similar. And I don't think Epstein is so handsome, but he is a nice-looking man. If you were to see him and you didn't know he was a pedophile, you know, he's, he, he may not be your type, but he would be, you know, viewed as a nice-looking man. And that bothers me. It bothers mm-hmm. me so much that I, what if I, you know, had been out and about and, and, and met him? And he was friendly to me and treated me with respect. Could I have gone out on a date with this man? I mean, it's, it's like it makes me sick. It makes me sick. And I, I mean, it's, it's easy to hate on an ugly rapist. But when you have somebody who's a, a fairly nice looking person, you know, I mean, even like the uh, what's that guy the, that that serial rapist? Bundy. Yeah. The, women were like in love with him. And that's the weird part. It's like because if they're good looking, then their their behavior is excused by certain women which feeds into the narrative w- that what they did wasn't so bad i'm going to throw up i know i told you today's show is going to be dark but you know what we're fucking pissed and something needs to break A, the dam needs to break right because rape culture is just fucking endless it just goes mm-hmm. on and on and on and it's accepted or it's ignored or it's you know people stand by while shit happens and they say nothing. Right. Always. It, yeah. And it, it just, it needs to change. And, and the, I mean, it's like, yeah. it, it needs to change in the way that, it, I mean, there's several ways that it's got to have to change. I mean, we, we need to have more women uh, with, you know, whether it's in the judicial system or in lawmaking. Um, but it's also that the culture needs to stop treating women like I hate to say this because it's awful, but they treat us like we're cum receptacles. You know, I mean, that, that's what Feminist Next Door... I, I read that. Yeah. And th- I mean, that was even... It, 
it that harshness mm-hmm. is tough. It is. But it's but it's accurate. Yeah. And and it's culture. She said she said dumpster, by the way. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. No, that's okay. But that's which makes which makes, makes it, it even worse. It makes it even worse. <laughs> and I mean, okay, do I do I have to say this? Not all men, but obviously. I mean, I'm No, of course. I mean, you we, have you, a wonderful husband. I have oh. a wonderful boyfriend. We love our you know, you loved your father. I love my father. I love my brother. Obviously, it's not all men. But Jesus Christ, it's enough. It's too many. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And then this fucking guy on um, Twitter, I think she, I think Feminist Next Door said something like, you know, you don't... I think it, this was in response to her saying, you know, you, you shouldn't have to be someone's father to understand, you know, why you should be against rape or whatever. And he said... You lose all. You lose credibility when you openly hate all men. Some men are pieces of shit. Most aren't. Some blacks are pieces of shit. Most aren't. And some women are pieces of shit. Most aren't. And I said, this is the most common retort from defensive men who refuse to recognize that feminists don't hate men. They hate patriarchy. I'm so mm-hmm. fucking sick of being accused of hating men. But you know what? The more this behavior continues, I mean, I'm never going to hate men as a whole. You know what I mean? But I, but I am very angry at them. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very angry. Yeah, because they're men are, are are really a key factor in changing rape culture. And right, and and while there are a lot of them who are getting it and and understanding how to behave when a when another when a friend makes a rape joke or whatever, and they're like, "Hey, dude, that's not cool." Um, more men that do that, thank you. But there's not enough of you. Yeah, it right. sucks to point out that your friend is behaving in a way that you don't like. But I mean, are you really happy to be friends with someone who's making jokes about rape? You know, and I hate to say because you, it shouldn't be about if you have a daughter or a wife. I mean, you know, you hear these stories of gay people getting killed because of their sexual orientation. And it doesn't mean that I have to have a gay friend in order to feel empathy for the person who was killed or beaten up. Right. Why do you have to be a father or or a son? Well, but that just makes it so much worse. It's like we're just we're just proving the point how wrong it is. Like, oh, and by the way, Alexander Acosta has two daughters. Right. You know what I mean? That's just right. oh, and if you weren't already convinced that it's wrong for any man to give a lenient sentence to someone who was raping children for a living, yeah. Then let me just also point out that he's the father of two girls. Yeah. So that's just, that's, uh, I don't even want to so say icing Brett on Kavanaugh. the cake. Exactly. Like two or three girls. Two. Two, okay. And a wife that doesn't, that doesn't speak up. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. We don't, we don't know her situation. So I'm not going to bother trying to, you know, slice and dice what's going on in her head. Right. Well, she um, didn't I look can, too I, happy. No, no. And yeah, whatever, we don't need, I don't even want to, you know, that's just, we, we started it with Brett Kavanaugh yesterday. Um, last night, Kamala put a little clip of her questioning him about, do you think that the government should have agency over men's bodies? <laughs> uh, you remember that question? Yes. And he was just like, couldn't spit anything out. Yeah. Much like, much like myself half the time. He couldn't spit anything out. Um, you know, that's when it started. You know, Kimberly, I got on a plane and went to D.C. I had really no other purpose other than to just fight that rape culture and the fact that he was being nominated. And I sat in in the Senate 
hearing in the judiciary hearing with Brett Kavanaugh. I watched Lindsey Graham have that seething moment. <sighs> Remember when he was yes. screaming? I watched Kamala question Brett Kavanaugh and still he's confirmed. Mm-hmm. And who put and who put him over the top? A woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Susan, think of that. Yeah, Susan Collins. Who's who's sitting behind her? Cindy, the the one that thinks that black people should be lynched. Right. What's her name? I don't from remember. wherever the hell she's from, Missouri. Not Missouri. Some some southern state, obviously. Um and then and they're like they're uh-huh, nodding yes we believe in Brett Kavanaugh mm-hmm. and we're voting him in because rape yay and like, Susan honestly, Collins just said she doesn't regret her vote no I know she she's going down who's challenging her please there's a woman and I don't remember her name but she's fucking awesome the doctor I think so she's yeah. really great I don't remember her name I'm sure I'll know her name later because she's going to be popping up but um. You know, I mean, more and more. We're going to see more, more and of more. Her. And Amy McGrath with Mitch McConnell and yes. Jamie Harrison with, with Lindsey Graham. Like, yes. I swear to God, I'll go to the poorhouse yeah. given my last 25 bucks to these people. <laughs> make it monthly. Hell yeah, I'll yeah. make it monthly. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, my <laughs> God. It's just, yeah, I know. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's like, it, it's so funny, or I shouldn't say funny. It's interesting to me to look at how we work as human beings and you know i mean i've talked about this a lot i've written about it in my book american woman i've written articles about this but you know as a young person i grew up in the gen and you know as a gen xer and i watched sesame street and mr rogers and free to be you and me and then oh my god let's sing that whole soundtrack <laughs> on the what makes us happy portion of the show yes exactly and then you know moving on to of course i was a kid in the 70s who watched TV, I mean, it was Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, and it was Mary Tyler Moore and Rhoda. And so, you know, Mary Tyler Moore and Rhoda and One Day at a Time all focused on women who were um, basically feminists and who were in the working world. And, you know, Rhoda was interesting because she was so in love. I love that show. I love uh, Rhoda. Remember when Rhoda tries to flip the hat and just kind of walks away and she's like, yeah, yeah, it sucks to be a woman, but I'm going to fucking fight. That's what that that's what that said to me about Rhoda. Yes, I love her. I love Valerie Harper and the way that she was. I thought it was so amazing because I watched it later as an adult, the whole the whole series. And how she was in love with, I can't remember who, who was her husband? Do you remember her husband's name? I can't remember. On Rhoda? Yeah. Joe, played Joe, by David Groh. Joe, 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 Joe. I had a crush on him too. Isn't he that was, funny? Oh, that curly hair. As an he was adult. Such a man. I know. Oh, Not please. I had it as a kid. Oh, really? I love Joe. Yeah, he was kind of sexy. And, um, but then they broke up. But I thought they did a fantastic job of showing her vulnerability and insecurity. Like she was always worried about being fat. She was always worried that he wasn't going to love her. And I so identified with that, especially when I was younger. You know, just feeling like, um, you know, this, this relationship I'm in now with Bob Seska, it's the only, I, I never knew men could be this way. And, and I didn't have a lot of experience because my first boyfriend was when I was 18. And then Bob was my next. I mean, I dated men. But I, I never was in a serious, committed relationship, and I didn't trust. I mean, t- year after year that would go by that I was alone. Um, I think part of it was being afraid of it, and part of it was um, it was a lot of different reasons. Where I, I met someone that didn't like me, or they, you know, the way that I liked them, or vice versa. I think that I was kind of drawn to people who were not looking for a uh, for a committed relationship. 
because I think I was afraid of it and I didn't trust it. But it's like, I, you know, I mean, I'm always blown away because Bob is, you know, I mean, as I've, you know, I mean, when I met him, I, I certainly didn't have the body of a 35 year old. I met him when I was 47, but I was thinner. And since I've been with him, I've gained weight and everything, which is like always the thing for me. You know, I've always been so insecure about my body and he loves me and he accepts me for who I am. He accepts my weird quirks, my moods, whatever, you know, I didn't think anyone ever would. I just, right. I didn't think anyone would. And so, um, to see Rhoda, going through all those same insecurities that I felt it was like so magical but you know I grew up watching all these programs and again you know bringing into the conversation the Cosby show with at the time we didn't know he was a rapist but those were you know I thought that that was mirroring and in a way it was it was kind of mirroring our society it helped Cosby show helped Americans feel comfortable with black people and also recognizing hey they can be wealthy and you know I mean it helped America, even though we're still fucking racist. A lot of us, it helped us be not, it's not that we started off as racists, but you know, we were introduced, I think to racism. And then the Cosby show is here to say, Hey, look, you know, we're just cool and normal like you. And, and, and so, you know, but now it feels like all these things that, that we witnessed growing up, that seemed like we were on the road to equality and tolerance and acceptance. It's like they're disintegrating. And, I, and I'm not saying that that's the case, but that's what it feels like. Maybe it just was never there in the first place. I don't know. Like, what do you think about that? I mean, you're a person of color. So I don't know. I mean, I can't speak to what your experience has been um, with discrimination and tolerance. I know you've told me some stories about when you yeah. were younger. Well, you know, I mean, for somebody, so my mom is Italian and it's so funny. She's like third generation Californian. Her, her grandparents were Italian immigrants and, you know, um, it was back when you could come here and you could make it. But there were times I remember my mom saying, you know, there were white kids at school that wouldn't, whose parents wouldn't allow them to date an Italian girl Wow. or the Portuguese, the Portuguese and Italian they they mixed because they kind of understood each other's plight and you know and and I'm I'm not saying that that's that's a real thing you know you it was there was a pecking order you know just you you hear it all the time you know Irish were looked upon yeah um at, right. at one point as as dirty immigrants mm -hmm. right well then that the time time changes by the time my mom meets my dad like her rung was much higher as an Italian American than my father who was of Mexican descent, yeah. okay? And then when I was, like, my my grand, my Italian grandparents did not want my mom marrying my father because of his ethnicity. Yeah. And so then they have, you know, my mom, I remember her kind of, not sugarcoating it, but they looked at things differently then. You know, like, we call out racism and discrimination now because we're just not going to have it, right? Or we're not. You and I aren't yeah. going to. And the, and the people we associate with aren't going to. But as a kid growing up, for me, you know, with a last name of Dominguez mm -hmm. and looking clearly brown, you know, there were things that, that we sure we were discriminated against always. My father would not have it, and my father would get in anyone's face who even tried to bring it up. They never tried to bring it up with him because you <laughs> didn't cross Joe Dominguez, period, the <laughs> end. But 
for me and and I know for my brother to a degree, you know, there were kids that would say, oh, well, you know, dirty Mexicans. Oh, sorry, Steph. You're not one of those kind. Uh, and that's soul crushing. Yeah. Because because you can't as a kid, I didn't have the um, the confidence to stand up against that ridiculousness. Yeah. And and I think my kids do because we talk <laughs> about it. We talk about it openly. I remember going to my mom once and some kid calling me and my brother screaming out his bedroom window, beaners, as we're walking to school. And I didn't know what that meant. I mean, I kind of knew it was, well, that's probably derogatory since he's flipping me off too. But um, <laughs> I asked my mom what it meant and she was like, who said that to you? Yeah. And like, she went crazy. Now, my response, she said, you know, if that happens again, you yell right back and you, you know, you stand up for yourself. Yeah. And, um, we did and it never happened again, but oh, still it did. We didn't, we didn't understand why someone would want right. to come at us like that. That was what was most puzzling. Right. And for my mom in 1976, she was more like mama bear, you know, and we didn't get into the philosophy of why that's fucked up, <laughs> you yeah. know? And instead it was like, oh, you yeah. know, and my mom would be like driving by, you know, I, I envision her, <laughs> you know, that scene in, in um, Bridesmaids when Kristen Wiig is driving her beat down car <laughs> past her cop boyfriend yes. over and over. And she's got like a cig and a brew in her hand yeah. and the seats kind of relaxed. Like, granted, there was no beer was my mom was driving us around. But we were in a pin. We were in a Pinto station wagon with wow. the wood paneling on the side. And oh she'd be God. like, you are not. Like that vibe yeah. was coming out of her when we drove past these kids' house and when we drove, if anybody, you know, so like I had someone who was going to come to my rescue and stand up for me, but what wasn't happening were these philosophical discussions on what motivates a person to hate on you because of, of who you are, who you, you know, what your ethnicity is and, you know, what your gender is mm -hmm. and whether or not you choose to be a tomboy or, you know, all these things, whether you're a boy who wants to wear makeup. Like, these are things that I just knew inherently. Like, you didn't fuck with people because of their choices or because of who they are. Mm -hmm. And that just went without saying. So it was tough to reconcile as I got older, for sure. Yeah. You know, now it's just like, honey, you want to wear the boys' clothes and you want to chop all your hair off? You do that. Yeah. You, you don't... You love people because of who they are, not what they are. Yeah. Okay. And so this is the this is me being okay with that at 53 mm -hmm. and being able to impart that on my children. But I remember feeling um I just just to go back to the Cosby thing, like when that show came on, I was so happy to see successful black people on television like sitting down to a dinner table, having important discussions around education and just doing things that we only, that people of color only ever watched white people be successful at. Yeah. And, you know, it sucks that Cosby's a disgusting rapist who yeah. drugged women to have his way with them. But the message in that show was so important. Like we sat down as a family and watched that thing. Yeah. My and mom VCR'd and I did. it. Yeah. And VCR'd that shit so we could then watch it again. Um, you never saw that for Latinos. Wow. It yeah. I didn't, you know what? As a white person, I got to say, that didn't even ever occur to me. It didn't occur mm -hmm. to me. And, you know, I grew up in California and I actually, 
I really, you know, as an adult, I grew, I moved there in 1977 with my mom when I was nine. And obviously coming from Baltimore, Maryland, I was introduced to the Mexican culture. I mean, they've got Olvera Street and obviously, you know, everything in California is San this and San that, San Luis Obispo, San Mm -hmm. Diego. And so, so much influence from Mexican culture. And I heard the Beaners and I heard the wetbacks and I heard all that. So I never, I never said that as a kid because I don't know, there was never any reason for me to feel like I had to hate on them. And I don't, I heard it, but it wasn't something that stuck with me. And I guess I didn't hear it all the time. You know, the first school that I went to in California was in Brentwood, which is a very affluent affluent yeah that's where oj's from yes i know i was often around the area where that um starbucks was uh that his wife would hang out and 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 the gentleman that died but you know i mean we were we were very close to that but ron goldman ron goldman there was uh you're so good with names i Um, knew him you did i i used to work with his sister kim and fred and ron used to come into the restaurant wow they were yeah they were tight crew those three that's really yeah i i only i knew kim for because i worked with her um and i would see her father and her brother you know hi how are you mr goldman yeah you know wow um so that was well it was weird i saw kim she went to san francisco state and i saw her in a restaurant when i lived in the city years after we worked together and um it was a couple weeks before her brother was murdered oh my god yep yeah that's a that was a tough one and of course she was a firecracker like you just knew about her yeah. that she was going to kick ass in life and did she oh i totally. mean yeah yeah so anyway i i just a horrible 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 wow well, yeah but i mean the that sco- that neighborhood is primarily white i mean you're going to get a little a little bit of you know there's going to be some mexicans well some if you're a people. famous if you're a famous rich person of color you can live in brentwood right um so you know i mean there were kids in my school who but most of them were white um so there weren't so many mexicans there that there was some you know great big animosity where children were referring to other you know children as as derogatory names um, but I always, I liked the Mexican culture. I embraced it in, when I lived, especially as an, an adult, I really appreciated it because it's just so rich and it's colorful yes, it and it's, it's, the food is fucking amazing. And, you know, I mean, as I've said on the show mil- millions of times, well, maybe not millions, uh, that, you know, my best friend at the time, uh, for, during, a, a, a several years, um, before I moved to Northern California, uh, she's Mexican. Her fa- I hung out with her whole family, and they were like my family. And so I, I was, you know, and her. <laughs> it was funny because I spent a lot of brother, or, or I, I can't even talk today. I spent a lot of time at her brother's house, and her brother's house was the house that her whole family grew up in, and it was in El. They call it El Monte, El Money, and El Monte, uh, El Monte. And it was, you know, I mean, it wasn't a dangerous neighborhood, but it was just a, it was maybe middle, like lower middle class and primarily Mexican. And, you know, I spent so much time there and, oh my God, his house was just a mess. He had like, um, it was so bad. <laughs> he had like quilts as, as curtains. And my friend would make fun of him, her brother, because, you know, she was, she lived uh, elsewhere. But, um, you know, she would make fun of him. She's like, why don't you fucking get curtains? <laughs> you know, and she would rag on him. But, I mean, he was just, he was a, a strange dude. But anyway, beyond that, I mean, I loved her whole family. I just, so I just, I never, I never got into that thing. And I, I didn't really, as a child, pick on people because I was picked on, especially when I went to that school. I went to Brentwood Elementary School and there were these two girls 
they were two white girls, but they decided to pick on me. And they, uh, they would, f- uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't anything terrible, but the worst thing they did was, you know, at the time, stickers were everything. We had the puffy stickers and just Oh, like I every, love the puffy every, stickers. All the stickers. So I, my, no- my notebook was filled with stickers and they took my notebook and they threw it in the street. And I just, I remember I just, I felt so embarrassed and I felt so humiliated and sad. And, um, you know, so, I mean, I understood what it was like to, to be bullied. And it's not that I was some great kid because I did my own share of, you know, there was this girl in, in our school. I hung out with rich kids. I was not a rich kid. But um, I, my best friend was the daughter of a couple who both worked for the Sassoon Jeans, Sasson. Um, and they, they lived in this house that was like a mansion and, um, my friends were all rich and there was another girl who went to our school like me who was, you know, she wasn't rich, but she was very naive. She was like the naive girl who it was fourth grade. She still believed in Santa Claus. And so my girlfriend and I would like pick on her because we thought she was so, um, naive. And so we, we would, I would pretend that I was rich and we would rub it in her face how, how rich we were. And oh I mean, God, I yeah. never Kids do weird. Stuff, I know it's really stupid, but I mean, I bullied her in a way. I mean, I didn't bully her. It stopped though. When another girl came into the picture named Jenny and kicked this other girl in the stomach, <gasps> I was like, I, 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 I'm like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I mean, I didn't want to hurt the girl. I was just kind of like propping myself up and I felt it made me feel good to pretend that I was rich, you know, and it's mm-hmm. stupid, but I was nine. And, uh, you know, and I was just going along with what my friends were doing. But as soon as as soon as Jenny kicked this girl, I was like, no, I can't do this. And we and I pretty much stopped antagonizing her. But Jenny, um, what's up? Yeah, Jenny? fucking Jenny. <laughs> it was Jenny and Natalie. They were they were kind of mean girls, but they were wealthy. They were these wealthy white girls and they were very privileged. And so, you know, they thought and, and they embraced me. But this other girl, because she was kind of naive, they just wanted to mock her. And so I joined in because I wanted to be part of it. I wanted to be part of that. You know, the girls that I liked, I wanted to be part of that group. I always Mm -hmm. look back and it's like, I wish I could apologize. You know, I I wish I could find that girl. I don't even remember her name, but it's, I can kind of remember what she looks like, but it's like, I was cruel. I wasn't mean, but I was kind of cruel because I, I was trying to make her feel bad for not having a lot of money. And it was fo- funny because my mom and I, my mom was like, we were living with a roommate in a two-bedroom apartment. I shared a room with my mother. So it's not <laughs> like we had any money. <laughs> right? <laughs> Kids do, you know, I, I mean, God. I, I had, we, it's, sometimes it's like out of, I don't want to say it's like a survival mode, but I remember when my dad was going to grad school and I was young, I was kind of on my own. A little bit, you know, when my mom was at work and my dad was studying and my brother had a someone that was watching him, but I was sort of doing my own thing. And I invented an older brother because it <laughs> made I, I'm not even his name was David. I'm not even I'm not even joking like that made me feel safe because yeah. someone who I did an after school gymnastics class. My mom and dad were like, right. Oh, it's five bucks. Right. You're going. And there was another kid who um lived elsewhere in Palo Alto in a nice part of town and her mom was coming to pick her up in the car after gymnastics and she had an older sibling and she was white and I was just like I was going to go get on my bike and ride home you know at dusk at nine and um 
I said, oh, she goes, do you, how are you getting home? And I said, oh, uh, don't worry. My mom's coming to get me. My mom and my older brother. She goes, oh, you have an older brother. I, like, I fully made it up. Like, yeah. it made me feel safe. And then I remember walking across the street, unlocking my bike, getting on my bike and riding home through campus. Like, that's what I did. And then I got chased one time by an adult man when I was nine years old. <sighs> who tried, who when I like laid my bike out and hopped a fence like a rat for safety and he stopped and he goes, damn it, you were too fast for me. Just to bring it back around to rape culture. <sighs> Just because we were off track yeah. a little bit there. Yeah. Jesus. Oh yeah, people. You know, I mean, I was fortunate as a kid. I've had some weird experiences and men were inappropriate with me um, when I was a young girl, but I, I didn't experience something like that. You know, I mean, I had a weird experience, though, and I I don't I don't know who did this, but I, I can't remember the make of the car, but it was this olive green car. And oh God, I wish I could remember the make of it. But anyway, uh, this when I lived in Brentwood. We lived on the first floor and uh, and there were these two women that lived on the second floor, Karen and somebody else. And Karen was like an old fuddy duddy. And she would always yell when kids were making too much noise. And nobody liked this woman. And. So anyway, there was this Sunday. This is a weird story, but there was this particular Sunday. And Karen had this car. She had this, this uh, olive color, color car that I don't remember the make. Was it and a Pacer? No, it was more like a K car or something like that. You oh, know, like yeah. Some kind I of love the K car. Buicks or I don't know. <laughs> it was just something like that. Four-door. And so we had this very long driveway that was like shiny cement. And so I always used to have this weird um, thing about I wanted to check the mail all the time. And it's funny because, you know, I, I loved answering machines anytime there's a message. And then now we're in like the Internet age where, oh, my God, there's so many messages. There's so many fucking ways to get mail now. But when I was a kid, I was obsessed with the mail. And it was a Sunday and I knew that the mail wouldn't be delivered, but I wanted to check it anyway. And I was it was in the middle of the day and I was watching King Kong and my mom was home. And I decided, all right, it was a commercial came on and I decided I was going to go check the mail and I had a pair of socks on and I was walking on this slippery pavement. And so I, just as I go, you know, I'm like coming out of the door um, and I'm going to turn left to go down toward the mailbox and walk on the slippery cement. The neighbor, uh, one of the, my neighbors, this guy, the single guy, um, just happened to be leaving. So he and I were walking toward the end of the, you know, the beginning of the driveway, I should say, where there was this car that I, just like the one I described, this like olive green car, and it was just sitting there. For, it wasn't moving. And I, just, I remember feeling really uncomfortable about it. But this man was, you know, with me when I was walking toward the mailbox. So he keeps going. I go into the mailbox, and of course there's nothing. And... I walk back and I'm walking to my apartment and then I hear this green car and I hear the engine revving and mm -hmm. then they just fucking put the pedal to the metal and I'm running on this slippery, slippery, uh, you know, pavement and I just fucking make it. The car would have hit me and I, you know, to this day. On purpose. Yeah. And to this day, I don't know who it was. I, I, I don't know if it had anything to do with this Karen woman who had the same kind of car. It could have been. And I didn't tell my mother because I was so afraid. Like you talk about your mom. My oh, mom would have pitched. My mom would have gone fucking crazy. And the, the scariest part was when they finished, they turned around and they went back and they sat again at the beginning or, at the, you know, at the beginning of the uh, 
of the driveway waiting. And they were still there. And it's like, I could have told my mother, but I, she would have gone out there and I thought they would have run her over. Oh my God. So it's like, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't even know why I brought this up, but it was just weird how like, um, you know, oh, I, it was just about, I wasn't necessarily molested or in a, okay, just, just FYI, everybody, I hit a button. And I don't don't know what the fuck I did, but I stopped recording. So we had to, we had to, uh, I saved the file and now, um, we're recording again. So sorry about that. (laughs) I hit a button. I hit a button. Yeah. But you know, I was just, we were talking about the fact that, um, it was just so weird that I, that somebody had come after me and I wasn't, I, I may not have been a victim of like child molestation, but that was like a weird situation when I was a kid. People are weird, and there are bad people out there who want to take advantage of children, whether somebody wants to um, catch you when you're riding your bike home or they want to put the fear of God into you and make you run for your life. I mean, that's, that's just messed up. Yeah. That, that's, it's fucking weird. It's just fucking weird. <sighs> I don't know. But mm. you know what? I want to um, tell you something. I don't remember if I told you this uh on the phone when we were just talking between us did i mention to you that ivanka rumor no (gasps) okay well look this is this is all i'm just saying this is a rumor and and it's literally from people who are on the trump campaign and the reason i'm saying this is because i know somebody who is working with the trump campaign not for but with Mm -hmm. and so he said that and he's a Republican. He said that there are legit rumors going around in DC that Trump wants Ivanka to take over for him. Right. So um, you know, Bob wrote an article about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so the deal and so you know, Bob's thinking, okay, if it's gonna happen, how's it gonna happen? Because he can't just say, Go away, Mike Pence, my you know, um, or 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 whatever. Wait, 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 take it back. He can't just say, I'm gonna leave and Ivanka's going to take over for me because it would be Mike Pence. So the way that they would make this happen, if, if, if this is at all true, if there's any truth to it, um, is that he would not nominate Mike Pence as his VP for 2020. He would nominate Ivanka. Mm-hmm. And then the idea is they would win the election and then he would step she- down and then she could pardon him. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, because right now he does not want to leave the presidency because that's the only thing protecting him mm-hmm. and you know the idea of why would he want to leave well some people are suggesting that you know he's got dementia and that's part of it some people think that he just hates his job um he hates being president i don't know if this is even true but it's but it is a legitimate rumor floating around dc it's not just me hearing things on the internet i mean this person that i know like i said he he's met people from cambridge analytica he has talked to them he he said he doesn't like them but whatever um and and this particular person is doing um opposition re- research on democrats and so he's in the know you know i mean he's he's got the inside scoop and does it mean that this is going to happen i have no idea but people are talking about it in washington so i just thought that was kind of interesting well, first of all, she would never win. Well, it would be Trump as the main. It would be Trump, and then her as the VP. So, oh, oh, right, bleh, bleh, bleh. of course, fine, yes, but I don't think she on the ticket. Right, I think it would hurt. I him. just, I think it would hurt him too. Yeah, especially with, I mean, not with his base, but with the independents and you know, with other people who are like, hmm, I'm not sure what to think. 
Because misogyny yeah. in the Republican Party. Yeah. I mean, she embarrassed him at the G20. Yes. And, and that's tough to do because look who she's embarrassing. <laughs> I know. I mean, that dismissal by the woman that runs the IMF was just like, oh, I, I, mean, I, I can't even count how many oh. times I watched it. It was painful, but it was like, yeah. shut your trap. Yeah, and girl. Charlotte Clymer said something about like how he couldn't stop watching Ivanka and, and her spin cycle hands because she was like spinning her hands when she was trying to sound like she knew what she was talking about. Right. Uh, so. <laughs> right. Oh, she's just. I, it's I very male dominated. So. Yeah. Yeah. So shut the fuck, fuck up. up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, you know, just because she's pretty and she can say twenty five dollar words doesn't mean she can be the president. At least she knows better words than the president. This I can tell you. But. Um, <laughs> But, um, yeah, no, I think that that would hurt him. But, you know, the idea is who's going to pardon him. The only flaw, the only flaw that I see is state charges, because obviously if he if that scenario were to happen and they were to you know win and she was going to take over as president, the state could states could go after him like New York and there's nothing that she could do. But she would be more he could trust her over Pence to pardon him. Oh, well, of course, because if she's she still has her cart hitched to his wagon, that means power and money and yeah. forty six hundred dollar dresses at the G20. Yeah, exactly. Come on, girl. Um, not you, her. Yeah. Hey, so why is it you? Th- I mean, what I don't understand, um, like Acosta is not resigning right, right for this Jeffrey Epstein stuff. Yeah. He's actually saying, I commend the Southern District of New York. It's like, great, dude. You commend them for doing work you should have done mm-hmm. uh, 17 years ago, right? Um, why, is the, why is the Trump administration not condemning Epstein? Why are they not walking away from this and distancing, distancing themselves from this? Well, to a like, degree, I, Trump is because he was saying that they had a falling out and he doesn't like him anymore. There was a quote. Oh, when did he say that? Oh, I'm, I must it, have missed the news for five minutes. Yeah, he said it yesterday. I think it was yesterday. It was reported on yesterday. Although there is a quote from him in 2002, I think New York Post has it, that, you know, oh, Jeffrey Epstein's a great guy and he really loves a good, fun social life just like me. And, and he, he loves, loves young women. women. Yeah. On the younger side. Yeah. You filthy animal. Yeah. So obviously... Um, well, I, I, you know, I, I kind of wonder if what Russia has on him has something to do with that, with pedophilia. But I don't know. I really, I don't know. And, um, but now he's trying to, yeah, he is trying to distance himself from Epstein at this point. Okay, well, we'll see. Yeah. Well, it'll be y- interesting y- to see who's yeah. named, you know. Guess but, what? The truth will come out yeah. here. Okay. If that, if Epstein has a safe filled with labeled photographs yeah. of his victims. You think he doesn't have some documentation? Yeah, like young what, on what the dudes call, on the dudes that were in there? Yeah. It's like young I, what did he call it? Young girl nude pics or something like that or girl I nude pics. Oh, I hate him so much. I know. He he's so, he's such a wretched fucking monster. And all these men, and, you know, there were women involved because women knew and stayed quiet. Men knew maybe they didn't participate but they stayed quiet. People well, he knew had women about doing this. his recruiting. Yeah. Yeah. It's just you know? it's sickening. It's just sickening. Mm-hmm. And you know what? There's a lot of people out there who say, I can't believe this. Believe it. 
It's much more common than anybody thinks. I can't believe this. You can can you believe any of the stuff? Yeah. Can you believe he was caught on tape saying you can grab women by the pussy and was elected? Can you believe that? Believe it. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's ha- it's all out there. It's all you. happening. Yeah. Yeah. He told you when who someone he is. tells you who they are, believe, believe them. them. Yes. Believe absolutely. that. Oh my god. Um well, why don't we why don't we go into what makes us angry and what makes <laughs> us happy okay. so um do you have something ready because i do of course <laughs> well i mean i always be stupid and say what happened but you know an hour ago when we started right. this i'm right, like what right. makes me happy coffee <laughs> 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 i gotta break it down to the simplest yeah. of terms people coffee is amazing <laughs> damn no what makes me happy i'll tell you what makes me happy um I I am so like proud of my children and my family and just knowing that we're you know I, I, not not to be gross but like living our best lives and just being <laughs> just seriously like just trying to be people who say what we're going to do I mean do what we're going to what what is it <laughs> who do who do what we say we're going to do right. and who stand up for the right things and who are there for the people in our lives, like that's all I need really right now. You know, Yeah, I'm thankful that I have a, that I have a, a a means of, you know, helping to make money for my family and put food on the table. And, you know, I don't, I just want to live that way and just take care of people and be there for my friends. I want to be that middle of the night phone call. Like I want people to have me on that list. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's who I want to be. That those are the people that I want to raise as in it to come up in the world. And I think that I'm doing that. And so that makes me really happy to know that. Is that, is that okay? That's wonderful. Whatever makes you happy. And I guess the angry would just be what everything we've been talking about. (laughs) Yeah. I'm angry every day. When I think about the injustice in this world, I'm angry every day when I think about a year ago bitching about children being separated from their parents and children in cases and Ivanka, you're complicit, peeing my pants in Fresno, screaming that at her as her Escalade drove by. And it's worse now. I'm infuriated by that. I'm infuriated that this country, with the aid of Russia, helped elect a person who is a sexual predator and a criminal and a tax evader and a charity creator so he can rip off from people who are giving to children with cancer. I That angers yeah. me every single day. It angers me that the taxpayers are paying for his children who are grifters to go to England and put on tuxedos and ugly ass dresses to pose with the queen on our dime. Yeah. I'm sick that that there are people in my community who have to work two and three jobs to put food on the table so that their children can eat and go to a shitty underfunded school. That angers me every day when those people are walking around in Washington DC and taking from the hardworking American people. I could go on. Yeah. And I could lose my shit. And I do, but but so that's what that goes back to what makes me happy. I'm trying to set an example for my for my family and for the people around me that that's not how we do. Yeah. 
We don't do that way. We look out for those who maybe have less than what we have, and we are champions of people who are trying to make it in this world, and we are gonna um, <laughs> speak out on behalf of these migrant families whose lives are being torn apart because Trump is a racist, disgusting criminal. And everybody that associates themselves with him is complicit. Yes. Okay, and now I'm stepping down from the soapbox. <laughs> well, I think I'll start with angry. But what makes me angry is when I see conservatives, as I said earlier, either splitting hairs about what constitutes child rape or somehow defending what's going on at these detention centers or basically concentration camps because they'll say things like, well, their parents shouldn't have taught them to do something illegal or their par parents shouldn't have included their children when they were doing something illegal. Um, I, I'm so infuriated by the by the way that conservatives in this country are basically just accepting this torture and, and accepting rape. Not that this is something new. I mean, the detention centers are fairly new. I mean, it's not to say that when Obama was president, everything was hunky-dory. I mean, there were rapes going on um, at that time. But it's, it's, gotten, it's gotten so much worse now because these people are in these you know, rooms where there's a hundred people and there's not even enough room to lay down. They don't mm -hmm. have beds. They don't have, they don't have anything there. It's, it's they haven't, they haven't inhumane. had access to a shower in, in a month. Yeah. Some of and them. I mean, they're drinking out of the fucking toilet. They're being fed frozen food that it, uncooked inedible. Yeah. And they're being forced to eat that. And it's just being essentially thrown at them. Yeah. And, and when they're sick, I mean, there was this one story about, uh, it was a kid who was sick and said that they were, you know, thrown into this cell with other sick kids where kids were vomiting and they would basically get two pills a day. And that was the end of it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so they weren't getting proper care. It's inhumane. And people argue with semantics over inhumane and torture. I say it's torture. It's a form of torture when they're afraid they're going to be raped or whether they are raped. And it's not just it's women, it's children. Um, these people are in such horrid, wretched conditions that no one should be in. I'm, I mean, what John McCain went through was maybe worse than what some of these kids have gone through, but I still think it's a, another form of torture. So, oh, of course it's torture. Yeah, Megan. I mean, it's like I don't want to. I don't want to say, well, it's not torture. It's just inhumane. It's like no, no it's, it's fucking totally torture. torture. It's totally torture. Being left with having the lights on all the time. They when when people are being tortured like in a in a terrorist sort of situation they don't let them sleep yeah sleep deprivation right. is a form of torture these people don't have anywhere to lay down it's cold they're filthy yeah they're there, living there's lice there's um you know all the flu and sickness and you know and the thing that i don't understand i really don't understand are these guards that are taking pleasure in the torture. I mean, I get that the administration, you know, you've got Stephen Miller, who's who's probably coming up with all of this wretchedness. But I mean, if I were a guard working under these, you know, I don't understand how you can take delight in in watching other people suffer in any way, in any way at all. How can well, how can you as a human being delight in that? Right. You know, I, don't I just know. I don't understand. I, don't, I can't I can't. No, no. 
that that's a flawed psyche. That's what makes that me takes angry. delight in that. Yeah, and and over half of those um, CPB employees take delight in it. Yeah, and that's what I don't get. I just, I mean, I get the fact that you know the Trump administration has a lot of evil people in it, and they don't care. But it's the delight, it's the laughter, it's the I just don't give a shit about you. I, how 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 is that even? I don't know. I don't know. But okay. So what makes me happy? What makes me happy is Amy McGrath is running against Mitch McConnell, and she oh, is I'm, a I'm super happy about that badass. too. And I'm yeah. happy that Kamala Harris is working with AOC, and I'm happy that the women of this of 2020 are kicking ass. And I mean, I don't know how it's all going to you know, how it's going to end up. I don't know if Elizabeth Warren is, you know what I wish? This would be like my goal, like my wish would be that Kamala Harris could be the one debating him um, in the general, but that that uh, Warren would be the president and then she would make Kamala Harris the AG. But I think like the strength Harris has over Warren is that she's a prosecutor and that she would be able to debate Trump in a way that no one else could. I mean, I think Warren would be fantastic against him, but I think Kamala has the edge there. And I think that, like, where Do Elizabeth... You, you don't, hmm. Okay, just, just let me interject for one second. I, I agree that Kamala would absolutely shred him yeah. in a debate. I mean, like, that makes me have goosebumps and, yeah. like, ting, feel tingly. <laughs> yeah. But Elizabeth Warren, as just a... just relatable human being who's probably one of the smartest people ever to yeah. walk the planet. Yeah. Okay. The way she stands up for the everyday American, I think that stark contrast with one of her four colored blazers in a, <laughs> in a debate, that stark contrast <laughs> with the collar up and her cute little gold round stud balls yeah. and her, and like with her little black boots and her black pants. And what is she like a size two, that I little know. whip of a human being, I just know. like she's in better shape than me. And what does she have? Like, you know, 18 years on me. She against him, that contrast, yeah. you know how funny it's like the art, the conversation of, is almost flipping remember because you were like i'm all kamala and now you're telling me that uh you think oh i'm <laughs> yes, yes yes no i love them both yeah i, I was all in for kamala because i saw her speak early on and then elizabeth right. comes on I, I and i believe i you know we we've both been up and down this yes. list a million times and we're both we've both put it out there that if it's a flaming bag of feces and it's got a d by right. its name we're voting for that yeah. bag but you know how i'm gonna feel this is how this is what i this is my little prediction i think it's going to come down between those two women. I think that I right, agree. I think right now it's Biden because he's got the polling numbers, but I think he's going to lose that. I think his numbers are going to drop and then it's going to be between Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris. And frankly, when it comes down, I mean, unless there's an absolute, you know, one woman just does something or or a series of things that's just absolute like, OK, that's it. I'm for her. Um, mm -hmm. Unless something like that happens, I think that no matter who I vote for. I'm going to feel bad that I couldn't vote for the other one, you know? Right, right. But I also think, and I'm vote, I'm, I would be so stoked if it was either of them. And sometimes I sit and I take time out of my life to go, oh, my God, but if it's Kamala, then, uh, but if it's Elizabeth, who, you know, I mean, yeah, exactly. that, if, that's, if that's our dilemma and we're both, like, we <laughs> yeah. lay down on train tracks for both of them, like, bring it. Yes. But here's the thing. If one of them gets there, the other one's coming along. Yeah. And you know that's that. That's true. 
And well, you know I, that. Yes, sorry. I was just going to say, I'm going to leave. I, I, I've, I've kind of wrestled with saying this because I don't want people to make a wrong assumption about me. Um, but I have a friend. She's a little older and uh, she's psychic. And she, you know, I mean, she's she predicted that Trump was going to win and it made mm. her very uncomfortable to, to predict that. And so, of course, you know, I, I don't pay her but she just will you know tell me what she sees i'll ask her you know what do you see politically did you, you know i asked her about the midterm elections and she was right she thought that we were gonna um win the house and she didn't think we were gonna win the senate i mean that that's almost predictable but we weren't sure and um she but so anyway i asked her several weeks ago um you know do you think who do you think the democratic nominee is and she couldn't she couldn't see anybody and i said can you see a woman? And she goes, I can't see a woman. And she goes, that doesn't mean it's not going to be a woman. I just can't tell. So, um, you know, and I take everything. She, I just take it for fun. You know, if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. I don't fucking bank on anything. But she called me the night after, it was the night of the second debate before it started. And she's like, okay, I see something. And she says, it's, I see a woman. And so she sees that the Democratic nominee will be a woman. And then she took it so far to say that she didn't see Trump winning. So if that's mm. the case and she's correct, like she was in 2016, a woman will win the presidency. Um, again, I want to just put that caveat out or, you know, I know that this, there's I'm not saying this is absolute. I, this is just my friend who has made predictions in the past about other things. In fact, I'll just tell you real briefly before we start signing off. But um Years ago, I was dating this guy, and we broke up, and I told her specifically, because I, I, I knew he was seeing someone new, and I told her, I don't want to know. I don't want to know anything, so if you see anything, don't tell me, and she calls don't me up. Don't say anything. <laughs> she calls me up. She's like, I see something, and I'm like, fuck. So I'm like, what? So she starts describing to me all the, the way they met, what she looked like, what her hair color was, what she did for a living. She just totally went off on this whole thing. And so I couldn't help it. I called him up and I said, you know, hey, I have a question. Um, this woman that you're seeing, is she a blank? Like, you know, her profession. And he gets quiet and he goes, yeah. And I said, mm -hmm. is she is she about five, six with short brown hair? Yeah. And then I and then I asked one other question. He's like, how do you know this? And then I lied and said I had a dream. <laughs> I didn't want to tell him that my my psychic friend called because he would just think I was an idiot. But it was like she was 100 fucking percent right. And I mean, she's not always right. Sometimes she's way off and like, no, what the fuck are you even talking about? But occasionally she gets things right. So I just thought I would throw that out there for what it's worth. She sees a woman getting the nomination. She didn't say who. She couldn't tell who it was. But she didn't think it would be Amy Klobuchar. But, I, you know, it's basically down to Warren and, and Harris, in my opinion. So here's hoping. Mm. <laughs> here's yeah. hoping she's right. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I want to remind everybody that next third we're going to do a show next Thursday um, instead of Wednesday, because Wednesday... Mueller is testifying in front of Congress. Hopefully, hopefully that will go down and it'll be public. So we're going to be talking with Terry Canefield. She's a lawyer and she does these amazing threads on Twitter talking about the Trump administration and all, you know, whether it's predictions that she's making or, you know, spelling it out. Here's what it means. She's fucking brilliant. If you don't follow her, you should follow her. It's T-E-R-I and then Canefield, which is K-A. And E field. So um, she's going to be, you know, giving us her analysis on what Mueller said. 
So that's going to be a really good show. And then again, mm-hmm. um, on end another thing, which we're going to head on over to, um, Steph and I are going to maybe talk about some stories where we weren't so great when we were dating. And then I've got at least one really great story about some fucking dick who was so inappropriate with me on a first date. So um, that's what we're going to be talking about. Oh, joy. Yeah, I know. But uh, you you definitely want to follow us on Twitter, right, Steph? Oh, yeah. we (laughs) (laughs) Yes, please do. Please follow us on Twitter. You can find Kimberly at author Kimberly L-E-Y and me at Lady Brain Show yeah. and we love we love hearing from you we th- there is there is a lot of joy you know life is busy and sometimes I you know I get all sucked into what I've got going on on the side and then when we do these podcasts I have to tell you the comments that we get from those of you who listen like just they put spring in my step and yeah. it makes me so happy to know that we're bringing a little bit of joy and pleasure for you guys. So just keep it up. I love it. Thank you so much for your support. Yeah. And even even when you have critiques for us, bring it because we, we literally listen. I mean, it doesn't se- mean we're absolutely going to take people's advice if if we don't agree. But there. Oh, are, hell know. no. We don't listen. We don't listen. No, I'm just kidding. Totally no, but kidding. we definitely want to hear, you know, what you have to say. And and once again, thank you to all of our supporters um, doing this show is something I never thought I would do but now that I'm doing it I can't even I can't even imagine not doing it so I'm hoping that the show grows over time um, as far as you know at at some point I'd love to get to two shows per week but right now I I can't commit to that so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna commit to that but you know that's the goal maybe one day we're gonna get to two shows but anyway um, uh, (laughs) goals anyway stick around if you want become a patron and listen to uh, our Amazing and exciting and fun stories on and another thing. <laughs> right on. And and we will see you over in that segment. <laughs> <laughs>